Welcome to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullick. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. And welcome back to the show. We are broadcasting live from Disaster Recovery Journal here in Phoenix, the fall 2018 conference. And we've been talking with some uh, speakers and some exhibitors already, and I'd like to continue that with another speaker who's going to be talking about a subject that everyone enjoys. And I'm sure he knows you know, a little bit of sarcasm, and nobody's going to be booing you this time, by the way. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking with Joe Miner, and you're doing a presentation here on audit. That is right. So can you tell us about what you're going to be uh, you know, giving to our uh, attendees here? And Sure. What you do? Sure. I'll be talking uh, tomorrow on this topic, and it's a really a broad topic in terms of what really matters to an auto organization when we come in and we look at, you know, a BCP program or uh, IT disaster recovery in general. So are you trained in business continuity as well or disaster recovery? You know, have you, do you have a background in that? Have you worked in it before? Or? I am. I have about 17 uh, years in total, uh, some working on a corporate team, uh, other times working uh, against third-party um, uh, uh, governance teams, and then uh, now an audit for about five and a half years. So what are some of your challenges with, with auditing uh, either a plan or a program, or, or, or do you only do one or the other? Or, or you know? Well, I cover, I cover all of kind of IT auditing, and then because of my background, you know, I get pulled into a lot of, you know, business continuity right. um, audits uh, when they happen. So what kind of things do you look for? Well, and, and how often do you do it? Sure, you know. sure. So it's a it's an ongoing role. Um, you know, we're we're constantly looking at um, this overall topic, like any you know major uh, company would be. Um, and the things we're looking at um, at a broad level, a lot of people really don't understand the role of audit. And I'm going to talk and about that what tomorrow. Is, what is the role? You know, it, it, but you don't have to go through the whole presentation here. But what is the role of audit? You know, it, for our listeners around the world, so they. You know, like I said, you, know, you even told me, and believe it or not, listeners, he told me this, that he's been booed when he said he worked for audit. Yes. So really, what is audit? Well, you know, by definition, um, we're supposed to um, be uh, independent and an objective, uh, really review and provide assurance um, to, in this case, you know, a board of directors or senior leaders mm -hmm. um, in terms of how is the overall activity, you know, being conducted. And uh, not only that, we are expected um, to add value and actually improve um, the overall operations. And I don't think many people you know, understand that. They see me more as Darth Vader, a bad guy. I mean, that's mostly experience probably um, uh, traditional um, business county leaders have had is, is a bad experience. And so they mm -hmm. don't really understand that. You know, really, by definition, we are there with them as partners, um, even though it may not seem like it, um, right. to help them uh, improve their overall um, program. And, and bottom line, no matter what I am auditing or really any auditor is doing, um, at the end of the day, it's all about effective risk management, right. um, good controls, and good governance processes, no matter what the topic. So... It, with all your background, if you walked in someplace and you're look, you're you know, you have to audit their program. 
how do you go about doing that? Do you just say you're doing this wrong, this is wrong, that's wrong? You know, they, it, it can't be, uh, I, I doubt you, you do that, right? I, I doubt you walk in someplace and say, no, this is all wrong, rah, 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 rah. You know, um, how do you go about auditing to make that relationship, you know, that you just went through? How do you, how do you make it so that you're actually all on the same page working together rather than them seeing you as, you put it, Darth Vader? Yeah, sure, that's a really good question. So. You know, effective risk management, if that's one of the first goals, that's really where, you know, I start in, in assessing holistically what is the risk, you know, for this department, this organization, what are they doing, um, what is the risk if they're not doing that well to the overall um, company. And really, we kind of start, it's always good to start at a 10,000, 30,000 foot level, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to jumping in and saying, okay, you haven't tested your plan, you know, in the last year, or, or you know, you haven't had this sign off or approval like you should have. It's really stepping back and saying, what is the risk uh, to the overall um, business? That's the best place to start. And usually, if you understand what they're doing, what the risks are involved, that kind of gives you a roadmap of, okay, what are the things that, you know, in this case, senior leaders would be uh, most interested in what they care about most mm -hmm. and and then develop you know an audit um, program or a series of, of uh, you know tests that would look at those specific risks in relation to what are the overall business objectives has it have you had pushback or any kind of um, problems where you you are going through an audit and somebody says oh no you're not allowed to look at that you know does that raise a red flag for you when that happens you know, as an auditor? Well, I think that, that may happen, you know, to anybody um, in audit. Um, I know a, a lot of organizations, and one thing I'll talk about um, tomorrow is, is using a stewardship model that's been around for at least 10 years called the lines of defense model. Um, I'm not sure who exactly developed it. We think it was maybe PwC or, or Ernst & Young. Um, mm -hmm. that actually developed this concept. But in that lines of defense model, you know, what you see are, are three lines of defense with audit being the third one. And, and graphically it forms, um, to use your words, maybe a, a partnership that, that shows, hey, we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I may be auditing you, but at the same time, I still need to be adding value and improving the operational effectiveness of what you're doing. And I still care about, you know, you and what you're doing and not just pointing out the deficiencies, but trying to help um, the overall organization succeed. So if, if you identify these things, do you tell them how to do it or what they need to, to address? Because there is a difference between the two, right? Yeah, that's a very good question. Any auditor, um, one of our key principles is to maintain objectivity and keep independence. Mm -hmm. And there are many cases where I may know the how, but I'm really not allowed to say because I would lose independence because I may be back to audit you you know, a year from now. Oh, that's true, yeah. And so if I say, like well, here's the solution, yes, you know, or <clears> I approve <throat> your action plan or something like that, then I come back or somebody else comes back in a year and, uh, you, you know, they're up for the same kind of audit or maybe just testing something that they didn't quite do right the previous time, you know, then they would say, well, wait a minute, you, you're the one that approved this um, and I did what you said, so now you're dinging me again. And so... Many cases, we need to step back and, um, again, using that lines of defense model, we, we connect them with the right people that are, that are writing the policies, writing the controls, you know, working, that should be working with them on a regular basis to help them um, improve. So what happens when, when you encounter situations where maybe there's a knowledge gap and you, you identify something, you know, there, there's a gap here, you know, under... X department, you know, X process, you know, there, there's something missing. 
how do you go about you know, coaching them to make sure they understand what it is you're looking for with, without you know you may know how you know without telling them the how sure you know how do you how do you manage those situations because that's got to be a fine line sometimes where you know that the you've identified something that they might not be able to address because there's a skill gap but you understand it and how do you get those to work so they are able to move forward when you leave sure sure typically when we're when we're finished with an audit you know we're writing an audit report and that's going to um, explain where the deficiencies are. But we also, um, like any auditor, can make recommendations. Mm -hmm. And typically, you know, those are just as important as pointing out, you know, particular issues. And so, you know, we, we, we may recommend a certain um, broad set of actions or connecting with this group or, or going to a training or things like that. Mm -hmm. um, that would help them with a the knowledge gap. Have there ever been times where... Um not to put you on the spot, but where there's the, the gap is just so huge, you have no choice but to, you know, kind of push the envelope, so to speak, and just say, look, you know, this is what we're encountering, and we can't go forward with this. You know, we're supposed to be doing an audit, and you've got this huge gap. You're not where you think you are. You know, you're not your company is not as protected in your recovery plans as you think you are. You know, how do you handle a situation like that? Again, we would probably, in this case, point them to the right resources. Mm -hmm. um, it could be, you know, a corporate BCP team. Um, it could be somebody else with subject or matter expertise. Or the lack expertise. of a BCP team. Um, in some <laughs> cases, uh, there, there, are, there are companies that still struggle in that area. Mm -hmm. um, so we're always really trying to connect them with the right, you know, resources. Um, again, really no matter what the topic. Um, you know, do you understand what the issues are? Um, and then from there, where do you get that, that additional knowledge, subject matter expertise, um, and those resources to help you know you understand what needs to be done and help you close the gap. So we, we've got a minute and a little bit left. Just wondering, is there any kind of advice you have for our listeners around? Because like I said at the beginning, you know, audits sometimes seen as the bad guy. Well, often seen as the bad guy, not sometimes. How how do you you how should we react and work with audit? You know, you're not the bad guys. Sure. You know. Well, if if we're seen as partners, then, then that sets up the right kind of tone from the beginning. Um, and um, again, um, there are standards for auditors. I'm going to talk about that um, tomorrow. Here's what you should expect from your auditors. Mm -hmm. um, things like due professional care and the fact that we need to be trained, you know, in the particular areas. Um, so, you know, making sure you're set up for success, you know, right from the very start. Uh, start. And if you don't feel like, um, you know, you're set up for success, then, then they should be calling time out and saying, wait a minute, is this, is this going to work for us? Do we have the right audit resources that really are going to help us um, or not? I think that's probably a good place to start. So it's probably a good idea, you know, if you've got an auditor to, or having an auditor, they have to be skilled in what you know as well, so that that way you are on the same page and they can help you find what you're looking for and you can help them. Because uh, I guess in that way you're speaking the same language because that's got to be a challenge too. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, well, great. We've come to the uh, end of this segment. Um, I want to thank you, Joe, for your time talking about audit. You thank know, you, Alex. You, you know, audit is not a bad guy. Joe's a nice guy sitting here. So, you know, they're not Darth Vader's, as you called it. You know, <laughs> and actually, before we went on air, you said uh, they were like stormtroopers. But then, uh, you know, stormtroopers were the bad guys too. So, <laughs> yes. yes. So, uh, you know, work well with your internal audit. Is there any last thing you'd like to say? say about uh, uh, audit and uh, BCP and um, just that uh, you know at the end of the day we're here to help um, even though it may not seem like it um, all auditors um, are expected to to uh, 
improve the organization, and that's what it's all about. And I think that's a perfect way to end. You know, people here to help, and that's what this industry is, right? To help. That's exactly right. So thanks very much, Joe, for joining us. Uh, we've come to the end of our uh, segment here. Uh, we're broadcasting live from Phoenix Disaster Recovery Journal Conference, and we'll be right back. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of cars. With Game Changers, learn how you can become the automotive maestro who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough wave of disruptive automotive industry solutions moving into the cloud. The future of cars with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullen. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to the show. We're broadcasting live from DRJ in Phoenix, Arizona for the Fall 2018 Conference. And because it's DRJ, I wanted to make sure I talked with somebody from DRJ. And I've been able to snag somebody. These are are very busy people today, let me tell you. Trying to nail them down is very difficult. So I'm very uh, honored that uh, my next guest was able to find some time and sit down and talk with us. I'd like to welcome John Seals to the show. Welcome, John. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And how are things so far at the conference? I know it's still maybe a bit early, but how are things so far? Uh, it's very good. We've had a, uh, a, a huge increase in, in our numbers. I think the numbers are like up 18% from uh, the previous fall show. Um, what would you accru- attribute that to, just out of curiosity? Events going on in the world? Uh, you know. There's always, well, there's always some kind of a disaster, uh, some kind of an event that people are planning for. But I think that... Um, it's twofold. We've had uh, a marketing person that has really done a, a great job for us, Sonal Patel. And uh, we also uh, attribute a lot of it to the economy. You know, the economy is up uh, for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for now. For now, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and unfortunately, what goes up comes down. Yes, so it does. For now. It does. So uh, I noticed that I heard a lot of people talking about that people aren't as, as worried about budgets as they, as they have been in the past few years. Well, that's a nice thing, yeah. even if it's for just a couple even of years. If it's, right, yeah. even if it's, uh, yeah, so. So tell us about Disaster Recovery Journal, you know, um, and your role in it. I know what it is, but, uh, you know, people that are listening around the globe may not be uh, as well-versed. Well, I'm the editor of the magazine, uh, so I create the magazine. The magazine started in 1987, so we are in our, um, it's over 31 years now, so we're, um doing a great job with with that and then the the conference kind of took over and we're having our 60th conference in uh orlando in the spring right in the spring so you have two conferences two every conferences year. a year one in one in phoenix and one in orlando and um so to get you know to be in the business of uh to be in any business for 30 years uh is a is a great testament to uh bob arnold and and his his staff and i'm proud to be mm-hmm. one of them and not be taken over by somebody else because, you know, yeah. 30 years, it's pretty good. Yeah. So what kind of things does DRJ do? I, I know we've got the magazine and the conference, but if you walk by your booth, you've got a huge list of what what you, you guys actually do and provide. Right. I think the, the probably the next biggest thing that we do is uh, are the webinars. We have uh, a weekly webinar every Wednesday. Um, and then we also have a podcast which just started up business resilience decoded which uh, i'm producing um you can find that on any of your podcast apps just search for it 
Uh, it's easier that way. I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our email updates um, that go out, I'm sure, probably. Well, right now, quite a bit with the yeah, conference. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. And and uh, personally, I'd like to apologize for that. No, they're, they're, <laughs> no I don't have anything to do with it. But <laughs> they're, they're all informative. You know, <laughs> when you've got, you know, close to a thousand people wandering around, not including, yeah. you know, the vendor booths that are here, yeah. you know, you, you've got to provide some uh, regular yeah. updates and direction. Otherwise, yeah. we'd all be lost. <laughs> and then on the other side, uh, then, of course, at the website, there's also... Uh, blogs and press releases and hot news links to other sources uh columnists like yourself who yes that's right i i I have a few on there um from a couple years ago and yes i we spoke earlier today and i know i owe you an article or two (laughs) just always happy to to share it with the with our readers so with the magazine we'll, we'll focus there what how does somebody access that? Is it just digital? Is it physical? How do they get contribute to it? And how do you get solicit for contributions? Well, we have um, our our big list of um, subscribers. Most of them are online, and through your online account, I believe that number is up to about one hundred thirty eight thousand people. Wow! And of those of those people, the people who have the most current. Um, access to their account I think it's I think the number is about 50,000 58,000 something like that we make a printed copy of the magazine and we print those for the spring and fall editions the uh, winter and summer editions are are not published uh, are not printed anymore they're just Mm. available on the website in a in a text format and then also in a digital format which you can view on the website or through our DRJ app uh, DRJ mobile app so that you can right. find. So what kind of information do you um, do you solicit for the magazine and for the webinars even? Well, f- uh, I, w- I would say f- for, the, for the magazine, what I, what I usually tell people is that any business continuity-related subject is fine um, as long as it's vendor neutral. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with the conference. Most of the... Uh, um, you know, Patty Fitzgerald, our conference um, coordinator, she would have the same situation with, with the, um, you know, her call for papers, which right. actually are due in probably two weeks. So it's like two weeks after the show. If you want to speak in Orlando, you need to get your, your uh, CFP in. So to if, have any, a chance if anybody to, out there is listening and uh, thinking of uh, speaking in Orlando in two weeks, go to, is it drj.com? Is it's that drj.com, and then uh, they can look, uh, call for papers. Uh, fill out, uh, it's a form, I think they fill yes. out, right, and attach and uh, some information, and then you guys review. How do you determine who's going to speak? Because you must get, you know, lots and lots of uh, presentations or requests to speak or, or webinars. How do you select the stuff that is relevant, you know, that you want, you know, that's a good one, that's not a good one? How do you determine all that? Well, um, first off, I don't have anything to do with that. Okay. <laughs> but I know as far as like with the magazine, it's, it's very similar that the other thing that I always tell anybody, anything that is new and different always goes to the top of the pile because the industry is always changing and things mm-hmm. that we did 10 and 15 years ago are completely obsolete. You know, al- almost completely obsolete. I mean, there's still some good nuggets to learn from some of those things, mm-hmm. but even the, the um, terminology of some of those has changed. Oh, so, yeah, completely changing. So, uh, uh, but that, that's what I would 
would tell somebody, that someone who is, is interested in speaking at DRJ or sending me an article, john at drj.com, J-O-N. Yes, J-O-N. Yes. Um, anything new and different is fine. Business continuity related. It can be emergency management or, you know, anything. Something related to the field. Right, right. right. And have you ever received anything that, you know, hey, that's a great article. Maybe we should get that person. Have you reached out to get people to come and talk to conferences? And maybe not yourself, but DRJ. Yes, I have. You're like, how this article is fantastic. Come speak about this. I have. And the good thing about that is that I have... um, you know, because we're such a small office, my office is right next door to Patty's. And if I get an article from somebody that I think is really good, or if I go to our local planners meeting and I hear a speaker that is very good, I'll say, Patty, we need to get this guy. Just this, kind of throw it over the cubicle. Say, yeah, get yeah. This. We need to get this person and have them come in and, and speak. And so, we, you know, you just saw from Ryan, we have uh, less than two minutes left. Okay. What do you want to say about Disaster Recovery Journal for all the people listening around the world, you know, uh, to help promote, you know, give, give DRJ a plug? I think the biggest thing that we do is we provide content, whether it be at the magazine or the conferences or webinars or the podcasts or any of that. Um, and our editorial advisory board has several different functions that they have they have done uh, initiatives is the word that I was looking for um, they have the glossary the business continuity glossary mm-hmm. with BCI um, they also have a rules and regulations document that covers every every rule and re- regulation from every industry in every country uh, and that's a great reference because I, I was talking with somebody from um, I think it was Singapore yeah. and I actually knew what they were referring to simply because of the, yeah. the material DRJ yeah. provided. Martin Myers is the one who started that, and uh, he does a great job. And then um, the other committee is the Career Development Committee that they started up just recently, just within the last year. And uh, they started up a book club, and they've also started some things with some mentoring and, and mm-hmm. a lot of those kind of things. So yeah. it's uh, you know it's it's helping the people that are the the young millennials that are coming into the industry, and then the um, the older folks that it's okay, you can say it's us no, old no, no. farts. It's yeah. okay. That are that are <laughs> trying to um, you know, learn how to deal with all of the new technology. Yes. You know, yes. old dog new tricks kind of thing. That's right. And it's constantly you know, I know you know, we're probably about the same age and it's one of those situations where, you know, you've had to learn how to progress with the technology. Yes, new tools, you know, when we're so used to the old tool. Yes. You know, like, yes. well, now that doesn't work anymore. In every industry. In every so. industry, yes. <laughs> well, thanks, John. I know we've come to the end okay. of uh, this segment. I want, like I said, I wanted a DRJ to have the opportunity to come out and speak, and feel free if anyone else wants to as well. Okay. Um, you know, they can come over and talk about, you know, I'd love to hear Patty and her okay. challenges with putting on a oh, conference. Patty would be great. I'm sure she would have some wonderful things to say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll send her your way. Okay, thanks very much, John. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it. And thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be right back. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. 
Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events arts and entertainment leadership parenting relationships self-improvement career advice and a variety of other topics check us out today you're sure to find something of interest voice america variety talk on today's hot topics you hear about it all the time compromises destructive malware major breaches you can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you your families and your data task force 7 radio with host george Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world tune in live every monday at 8 p.m eastern time 5 p.m pacific on the voice america business channel follow the voice america talk radio network on twitter we're at voice america trn you'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and general happenings that you should know about at the voice america talk radio network now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office just go to twitter.com forward slash voice america trn or follow along with us at voice america trn the voice america talk radio network we're on the cutting edge of social media can you keep up These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better for you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Every day, we're surrounded by technical buzzwords and jargon that can go way over our heads. Now, there's a show that brings it all back down to earth. Tune in for today, Tomorrow's Technologies, with host Jose Negron. We'll not only explain the new technologies that are shaping our world, we'll give you the benefits and backstory of these technologies. Listen for T3 with Jose Negron, live every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to the show. We're broadcasting live from DRJ Conference in Phoenix. And my next guest, I'm talking with Mr. Jason Hines from Intervision Blue Lock Solutions. Uh, Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jason's booth, believe it or not, is right across from mine. And they uh, deal with uh, disaster recovery as a service. Yep. And 
I've run into quite a few people at this conference and in my current role, mm -hmm. you know, back in Canada, uh, where people are very confused as to what that means. You right. know, what does DR as a service mean? So I'm wondering, um, so I invited Jason to come over and kind of explain that, you know, what is DR as a service? Because yeah. it's relatively new, isn't it? It's, it's not it's, been around for a long time. Yeah, it hasn't been around for a long time. Uh, it's kind of, it started to hit the mainstream, I'd say in the last 12 to 18 months. Um, we're starting to see uh, a lot more uh, enterprises, uh, larger companies that are starting to look at it and look at that as a viable option for disaster recovery. You know, I, I guess from a technical perspective, the, uh, DRAS or disaster recovery as a service is it's leveraging a third party uh, for your physical and virtual environment, leveraging that third party to support your failover, uh, your disaster recovery failover, either by hosting systems or via replication of some kind. So how is this, how does this differ from the usual, um, I'm company you know, ABC and I have a alternate site where I have disaster recovery, you know, backup equipment located. How does that differ? Right, right, and that's what we're seeing a lot of too is, you know, a, a traditional perspective is we've got backups and they're going to tape, right? Um, and then we'll take those tapes. We people send those. still do tapes? That, there are still people that still do <laughs> really? tapes. Oh yep. my goodness. There are. Uh, they're becoming less and less, but they still, they still do it. Uh, so you, they'll take those backups and they'll ship them off to a, a, a warm site or a hot site and they'll bring, and so then they'll contract equipment. They'll bring those equipment, that equipment in, they'll do the, the restores and they'll rebuild the environment. You know, it's a, it's a 24 four hour to 72 hour process to bring all of that up and then they got to go through the validation you know and they're bringing all their people over to do that mm -hmm. uh, to do their testing right yes um, well, I, I've been through you've that been through with, that yeah you know, yep. with with the tapes with the tapes yeah who showed Absolutely. which were showed up late because they were stuck in traffic on the highway 401 through Toronto yeah you know, so, I, so I've been there you <laughs> yep. know, I know what that or you means. get the you get the hardware and it's not the it's not the right hardware and so then you're working with the company trying to get the right hardware yeah um, so the the difference there is is that we leverage uh, uh, replication tools, mm -hmm. um, and it depends on the client, it depends on the workload, uh, it depends on the need. Uh, there are various replication tools, software-based replication tools out there now uh, that you can utilize to protect workloads. Uh, you know, we also do physical to virtual, um, and mm -hmm. there, so or physical to physical. It depends on the it depends on the application and whether it can tolerate um, being virtualized or not. And so that's the difference. So it's a it's a either a uh, what you would call um, continuous uh, data protection or uh, real-time replication or mm -hmm. near real-time replication snapshot based type scenario but that date your data is living in our cloud uh, we have your data and it's available uh, failover at any time and so the idea there is, is when you test or when you're if you need to declare uh, you essentially I'm gonna quote push a button right and so we can bring up those machines and those workloads come up on our side within minutes to hours depending on the, the RTOs and they're available either in a sandbox for testing or you know if you're declaring they're up and available live so you're not you're not doing restores from tape you're not building out vCenter you're not deploying ESXi machines things like that you know uh, we've got the uh, firewalls we do those as a, a hot recovery type scenario so those are always available you're not building out the network pieces of it it's it's all ready to go and so that's kind of the difference so it takes the risk out of my hands Absolutely. And puts it kind of in yours. In ours, yep. Right? Right. And, and that's you make sure it happens for me when I need it. Yep, exactly. Now, how, how does that happen 
because um, I know there are third-party companies who have you know DR sites and people subscribe to them. You yep. know, what happens with um, D? What you call it, DRAS? DRAS, yeah. Disaster DRAS? recovery is a service. Yep. D DRAS. <laughs> what happens when there's a wide-scale situation? How does that differ with some of these third parties? You know, can you have multiple people that declare a disaster? Let's say, knock on wood, nothing happens here in Phoenix. Right. But let's say something did happen right now, yep. and we had ten companies you know declare a disaster that were all with your company. How how is that different than? You know, subscribing to some of these other companies to say, "Oh, first come, first serve." Right. So the way so the way we do it is uh, we do resources at recovery type scenario, and so at the at the beginning of the process. We work with you to figure out your workloads. We figure out what those resources look like. We design a solution. We work with you to figure out what that is. And then we do reserve capacities based on what your workload protection is. And then we, you know, we talk to you about that. And if there's, you know, if there are systems, so, you know, if you've got, say, tier one, two, three, and four mm -hmm. of systems you want to recover, and you're like, well, you know, I don't... I want to make sure I have the resources available for those tier one and tier two systems, but the tier three and tier four, you know, I don't necessarily want to put a, a reserve around those. You know, right. I, you know, if if it came to a situation where you know I wanted to recover those and there, you know, I didn't have those guaranteed resources, I'm okay with that kind of scenario. Don't worry about it when it happens. Right, right. <clears throat> you know, but uh, we'll work with you to make sure that those uh, the resources you need for your critical systems are always available in our environment. And that's you know that's kind of the idea, right? It's right. it's cloud, so yeah. the, the resources are there. If you need them, they're there. Yeah, it's you know something happens. I want to be able to pick up a phone and yep. call, get started, you know, and hopefully seamless, right? Right, hopefully right. Seamless. And that's it, well, and that's what we we encourage our clients to call us as soon as they see a problem, uh, because you know we take a we we take the uh, approach that we're an extension of your team, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we're the DR extension of your team, and so we want you to bring us in as soon as you see something going on. So not only can we uh, fail you over if need be, but we want to be part of the conversation to decide whether that's really what you need to do. Right. Right. Because failing over is uh, it can easy, so to speak, but you want to make sure that that's the right choice to yeah, make. Yeah, because be careful saying easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the decision, right? You yeah. can you can snap to a decision to, to decide to fail over, right. but you want to make sure that the scenario that you're experiencing really warrants that type of reaction, right? Right. And so that's why you can bring us in with our experience of, of doing this and the years that we've been doing it to help you understand whether that makes sense. And if it does, okay, here's, let's do it. This is what we're going to do. So Let's say I have a company, you know, back to ABC company, and I've decided, you know, um, I, I don't want this risk of having all, you know, an alternate site with a full of equipment that I may only be using, you know, testing once a year, right? right. You know, like many places, it just sits there collecting dust. Yep. You know, how would I go about uh, getting DRAS, you know, and how would, let's say yourself, mm -hmm. A, you know, what would you ask of me? You know, this is what we need from you. You know, how would you know my requirements? You know, right. So yeah. So um, we we uh, obviously our our marketing department. You know, we we have outreach. Uh, we have also we have people that come to us uh, looking for our services. Uh, so when we engage with uh, a potential client, what, the first thing we do is we talk about their business needs and their business requirements. You know, what is the what are the drivers? You know, are there uh, auditing or compliance needs? You know, are there client uh, reasons that you're looking for this uh, disaster recovery service. Uh, and then when we get to the technical piece, literally we sit down and we start asking the questions. Tell me about your production. 
what does your network look like? What do your firewalls look like? Um, mm -hmm. You know, what kind of systems do you have? Is it VMware-based? Do you have physical systems? Is there Oracle? Is there SQL? I mean, we ask all the questions um, it, to figure out what the to figure out what your environment looks like, and then we take that and we say, okay, now let's talk about what that needs to look like in in DR. You know. So you try to do uh, replicate what they have, or do you provide suggestions? You know what? Uh, if you just change this, you wouldn't need DRAS. You know, or I'm not saying that they wouldn't right, need it. Right. You know, maybe that's a little too extreme. But if you just change this, would you actually help? You know, um, make them more. Uh, stronger with what they have, and then make the the right suggestion for DRAS rather than right. you know oh um, you know oh here go for this big golden goose here this is perfect you know this is what you need yeah well that and can't that's be every situation exactly right? and that's well and that's why we that's why we encourage people when they come to us to have those discussions and we try to set the expectation that we're going to ask a lot of questions and the whole reason we ask all these questions is so that we can understand what they're doing how they're doing it so then we can be that consultative mm -hmm. uh, advisor that says okay here's how we see you doing it and we're up front, you know, sometimes right. we may not be the right fit, you know, we may not have the solution that makes the most sense Honestly, for your business. Honestly, that's good, yeah. that's good, yeah. And, that's, and we do that up front because we, you know, we want people to, that's, that's our culture, we want people to have the right thing for them. Right. Uh, and if we don't have that, then, then that's okay. Let's, you know, make sure that we understand that. And, uh, so then we'll take that and, and we help them understand what makes the most sense. Um, you know, for instance, end user access is something that people don't think about a lot of times. You know, you can recover all your systems and it can be available, available but if you don't have a way for your end users to get to it, it's pretty useless at that point. So, That's true. Um, helping them, you know, for instance, uh, uh, doing a full VDI uh, installation in DR to just sit there versus doing something like, you know, terminal services or um, Zen app or something uh, in DR, figuring out if that makes sense for them, you know, right. from a cost-effective scenario. So I've got one minute left. Okay. Are you seeing an upswing in DRAS as a service? Like, is it becoming more and more um, something that uh, is more viable for organizations these days? Yeah, more I, I do. More and more looking into it? I do. Uh, and I think the thing that, that we're seeing is... Um, uh, we saw the the, uh, the SMBs really gravitate toward it the last uh, year, last two years. What we're seeing more now is enterprises, larger companies are now looking at DRAS as as an option for disaster recovery. Well, oh, great. Yeah. Well, we've come to the end of the segment. Okay. Jason, thank you very much for your yep. time. And uh, Jason from Intervision uh, Blue Lock Solutions. So all the best with the rest of the conference and hopefully everything goes well. And thanks for joining us. Yep. Thanks for having me. Okay. No problem. Uh, we're Broadcasting, I keep saying recording, don't I? Broadcasting live from DRJ in Phoenix. We'll be right back. Business. Sport. Religion. Legal. Pets. Entertainment. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullick. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to the show. We're recording. Uh, I keep saying recording. We're broadcasting live from DRJ in Phoenix. My next guest, I'm talking to Kathy from, uh, is it Disaster Resource Guide or mm-hmm. or are you changing your name? Because you have some new information mm-hmm. to provide us. I know Disaster Resource Guide as a magazine. That's right. And we quickly touched base this morning. You're changing mm-hmm. things. So what are you changing? And welcome to the show. Thank and you. What are you changing? Well, Disaster Resource Guide is the publication that we have produced since 1996. And prior to that, I actually started the company in 1985, focused on emergency kits. I lived I in California. That. I remember that. And everyone was saying you need to prepare for an earthquake. There's one coming. We had a series of earthquakes in the late 80s, early 90s, and the kit business was really robust. Um, what I noticed during that time, and I'm getting to answer your question here, no problem. is that um, <laughs> business continuity, which was called business recovery, mm-hmm. was beginning to merge with emergency management. And that one of our kit customers was an IT department, a bank in St. Louis. And I thought, aha, that there's these two diverse disciplines that I now see coming together a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And they need to, because we can't protect organizations if you don't incorporate all those areas. That's right. So in 1996, we started the Disaster Resource Guide. The first edition was like 50 pages. And every year, we published a new guide with all the resources we could find in the industry. And we ended up with about 200 pages in, in uh, a few years ago. That's the last print edition we've done. And so you're no longer doing the magazine. We don't. Well, we still do disaster resource guide, but we do single topic editions. Like we have an oh. active shooter edition, and and it's uh, we may have one on human concerns. So they're all single editions, about 25 pages or so, focused on one topic. Oh, that makes it a little uh, more digestible for some of the uh, people that are out there who are only looking for a specific subject. So that's what we do primarily now, as well as we have a a a twice-a-month newsletter called the Continuity E-Guide, in which we have uh, an expert column and we have uh, resources and that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm a subscriber to that. I do get that email. Mm -hmm. Now... Earlier today, when I came over to have a chat with you, you're starting to do something new. Yes. So how would you like to introduce that to all our global listeners? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess about four years ago, um, someone said to me, Kathy, you really need to build a platform. What you're talking about in terms of bringing all these areas together, you, you can't always be pushing out information. You need to pull people in and let them create content with you, kind of like mm-hmm. that. And so I began researching, read a Harvard study about uh, platforms and, and that kind of thing, 
And I became convinced that's what our industry needs. And when I say our industry, I mean emergency management, business continuity, disaster resource or disaster recovery, uh, GRC, which is governance, risk, and and uh, whatever control. Control. <laughs> yeah, and and so all of those they, they're separate disciplines, but they all relate to each other. Yes. And and so we have had partnerships with all the major shows, all the major organizations for 25 plus years. So. We don't have a show, which makes us an ideal person to work with all the shows and mm -hmm. all those groups. And so I began doing research and decided to name it the Risk and Resilience Hub. And the Disaster Resource Guide will still exist because it'll be a separate publication that we will showcase on the hub, mm -hmm. as well as a lot of other resources. There'll be, hopefully, eventually, if it organically grows, thousands of resources. We have about 30,000 professional readers of our guide. And I believe we can get many more who, if we can make it easy enough for them to get the resources, can can take part. There's three main parts. I'll tell you quickly. There's there's um, well, a we've, Facebook. We've got time. He, he hasn't come running over telling me four minutes okay. left. So. We've got a Facebook-type community. It's not Facebook, but it's like that. You can mm -hmm. have a personal profile. You can have a group. Like, you could have your own user group. Uh, we've got an Angie's List type directory where you can be looking for software or generators or kits or anything. And then we have a knowledge center where we will have subject matter experts in six core categories. Uh, enterprise risk, human concerns, IT availability and security, physical infrastructure, communications and network, which would be more your hardware, mm -hmm. and then incident and crisis response. And so those are kind of silos in a way, but it's, again, it's a silos and also bringing it together. To, to make a, um, to, to coin the term, use the term, uh, a one-stop shop. Exactly, and that's really what we've always <clears throat> been, even as a guide, is that. You know, we tried to have every resource we could. And obviously, the limitations of print were there always because you do a guide and it lasts for a year, but you have to redo it and keep, and it's very costly. Mm -hmm. And this, obviously, if we can get members in and subject matter experts and vendors, everybody, and we can develop the rules for the community. And we want to have a highly vetted community. When people know they go to our uh, vendors on there, we want to have a way to say these are good people, right. and here's how we do it. And the other addition, other other point I would say is that we want to have security. We're not going to be like Facebook having all these outside uh, people coming in trying to advertise right. stuff yeah. that's not relevant. Yes, that can And we're going to not going to share information. It's going to be, and we're going to have some accountability that we're going to ask the certifying bodies like like BCI and DRI and some of the others to partner with us to help us have a very secure platform that people can have confidence that they can come on and relate to each other. Like a hub. Like a hub. Right, all these different groups all coming together yeah. to one area. But so, trust is huge. Yeah, oh, yes. So what's the time frame for that? When are you hoping, expecting to have that available to everybody? Well, you know? we, we are, as I said, I've been working on this three years, and uh, a lot it's changed a lot. I'm expecting that uh, first of the year, maybe in January, early January, people will be able to become a member and start connecting and collaborating. 
So will you notify um, the, the people who get your uh, current newsletter? Will you right. notify people through there yes. as of, and I'll, I won't hold you to this, mm -hmm. as of January 1st, you can now start doing such and yes, such. Yes, everybody who stops by our booth now this week will hear about it. Plus, our, all of our 30,000 subscribers that get mm -hmm. our e-guide, uh, we'll be sending out to all the different vendors, letting them know about it. So that we're going to be doing a lot of PR, promotion, right. as well as um, finishing the last parts of the hub. We have six major categories, and each of those categories will have a pillar sponsor who's helping us to launch it in a, in a sense. So how did you come up with this new concept? Was it just simply that one colleague who may, mentioned that comment, you know, oh, you need to bring it all together. Is that what sparked the whole thing, or was it maybe, you know, something else that sparked, you know, because the industry is growing? Right? I this have always, I am, um, I took these personality tests years ago, and I was told that I was a people gatherer. And I really mm. do, like, I'm really like, like a matchmaker. I love to get vendors tied to the right, or buyers tied to the right vendor who can mm -hmm. meet their need. I love that. And so I think it's something that it just fits with who I am. And then I read this Harvard study about platform strategy, and I realized that's what we need to do to be current in today's world is a platform. And then I began to realize how difficult it was. If I had a magic wand, it would be done now. <laughs> or if I won the lottery, it would be done now. Would be done. <laughs> but I've had to do it the slow way. And it's not going to be a perfect place, but it's... Um, we had just got our first major sponsor sign on, and they said to me, you oh, know, you, you have really you have really hit the mark on it. I'm not going to say who it is, but I felt a vote of confidence that, yes, we're, we're moving in the right direction here. And it, it empowers you to want to keep going. Yeah, we're yeah. going in the right direction. And that's that's fantastic. Well, congratulations on this. Uh, I hope uh, all the success because uh, I think what you just said about your personality, you know, a people gatherer, it kind of goes with the the name, a hub. Mm -hmm. You know, bring everything together. And you know, uh, if you think of a, a wheel, you know, um, the hub you know brings all those mm -hmm. different spokes together. You know, all the different uh, disciplines that are out there and all yeah. the different people, uh, buyers, sellers as well, brings them all together under mm -hmm. one roof, and which could only benefit you know people mm -hmm. in the industry. And really risk benefit. and resilience. You know, the, risk, two, yes. the, the, the direction, we're using those words more yes. than we used to. And I think that's really very appropriate. That's Because right. it, it can encompass everybody. That's correct. Well, thank you very much for your time, Kathy. Thank it's you, been Alex. a joy talking to you. All the best with this. I look forward to the announcement. Okay. You know, hope I won't hold you to it in January. You know, I will the invite new year. you. I'll invite you to attend. <laughs> oh, to wonderful. Be a member. Be a member. Yes. A subject matter expert. A, oh, then I cannot uh, decline that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, I'll definitely be there. Okay. So thank you for your Thanks. time and all the best with this again. Uh, we are recording live from DRJ in Phoenix, and we will be back. Thanks, everybody. for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you here next week.